Welcome to Unraveling Pink, a podcast tackling gender bias at work. I'm Annie Rogaski, and it is the end of 2017. You may or may not know, but Unraveling Pink actually launched in January of 2017, so we're almost a year old, and it's been a pretty interesting year. I suppose in some ways I should be happy that I chose a podcast topic that uh, seems like it might be relevant for a while. It would certainly be easy to look back on this year and spend some time pointing out all of the gender fails that we've had in 2017 and the ways that it feels like we're moving backward rather than forward. But since this will be my last episode of the year, I want to end on a high note, reflecting on the progress we've made on the gender front, because there is a lot Since the year-end seems to be all about top 10 lists or top 100 lists, as well as the holidays, here is the Unraveling Pink Top 10 Gender Successes of 2017. Starting at the bottom, number 10. In entertainment, we had some pretty awesome successes, in my view. One is Samantha Bee with her show Full Frontal as the first woman in late night. So that is pretty awesome. It's a great show. You should check it out. And of course, we had in 2017, Wonder Woman, the movie, which I haven't seen a movie in a theater in a long, long time, but I did see that one with a couple of women, and it was awesome. Number nine, some advances in the sports space. The International Basketball Federation overturned a ban on head coverings that allowed players to wear hijabs. Zara Lari of the United Arab Emirates became the first figure skater to compete wearing a hijab. Number eight, Saudi Arabia announced that it would allow women to drive. Now, certainly it seems like it's about time, but that is great progress and opens up a lot of independence for women. Number seven, Judge Colleen Kohler-Catelli of the Federal District Court of D.C. found the administration's justification for the ban on military service by transgender troops to be suspect and likely unconstitutional and she ruled that the current policy allowing transgender troops to serve in the military to remain in place. Number six, pay equity. A couple things here. One is Adobe Systems announced that it reached equal pay for men and women and for white and non-white workers, which is a fantastic accomplishment. Also in 2017, a law in California passed that says employers can no longer ask about past compensation in interviews. This starts in 2018 and is really important because it can help interrupt the inequitable pay structures of women's past employment history. Um, This is particularly important since women uh, tend to negotiate less than men. Hopefully we're moving forward on negotiating better where that comes into play, but in the salary negotiations, certainly um, setting a an expectation from a prior salary that was not as high as it should be um, perpetuates the pay disparity among gender. So that's a great uh, new law starting in 2018. Number five, political power. More than 15,000 women have contacted the organization She Should Run and more than 20,000 women have contacted EMILY's list in the last year. There have been 354 House of Representative female candidates and double the number of candidates for the Senate, 38 women. 
all of this out of 500,000 elected positions in the country. So we have a lot more work to do, but it is impressive to see the reaction among women in 2017 on the electoral side. So hopefully we'll see more women on the ballots in 2018. Number four, Susan Fowler, who you might remember shared her story of her experience at Uber on social media, which is kind of a new way to lay out harassment and discrimination experiences. Rather than lawsuits or word of mouth, um, we started seeing more uh, more social media posts about companies or more recently people and calling them out on social media. Now this I think has some potentially dangerous implications in the future, but I think it's been important in 2017. It's triggered a movement uh, away from NDAs and settlements of discrimination disputes, which, which is really important. So we'll see how this plays out. I think that the law needs to catch up with the rest of us on the harassment and discrimination front, but certainly Susan Fowler started something pretty significant in 2017 with her story, and we've of course seen many, many more stories shared since then. Number three, the Women's March. An estimated 3.3 to 4.6 million people in the U.S. and 5 million people worldwide marching for women's rights, LGBT rights, gender equality, racial equality, workers' rights, immigration reform, health care reform, freedom of religion, and environmental protection. It was an amazing show of force and solidarity and hopefully we can continue to build on that energy and momentum to affect change in all of these different spaces. Number two, the women and men who have given voice to hashtag me too. It's nice to see the recognition of the silence breakers on the time cover for person of the year. It's really important recognition. And number one, black women. This is not just a 2017 thing. As black women have been strong activists for social change for many years, but we've had some really great reminders this year of how black women have advanced the conversation of social good, including gender equality. We really need to better recognize the amazing contributions black women make to our society. Two examples I wanted to highlight. First, that the Me Too conversation was started not in 2017, but 10 years ago by Tarana Burke as a grassroots movement to provide empowerment through empathy to survivors of sexual abuse, assault, exploitation, and harassment in underprivileged communities who typically don't have access to rape crisis centers or counselors. This is so important, and I like that she emphasized the underprivileged communities aspect of this because one of the things that we've been seeing in the Me Too stories is how the stories are received based on who's telling them. And we have seen a disparity among racial lines We've seen a disparity among privilege lines, and we need to make sure that all the voices are heard. And one of the groups in particular that has been highlighted recently as not really having a voice in this conversation is those who are in underprivileged jobs and communities where their livelihood depends on their silence. So hopefully we can bring more awareness to that in 2018 and make sure the voices of people who don't have the privilege of speaking up are heard as well. And the second example I wanted to highlight is, of course, the impact that Black women had on the elections, certainly long before 2017, which 
is not recognized enough, but we've seen the amazing impact that they can have and have had in the past in the Alabama election this year. So thank you to the black women in our communities who are doing amazing work. We need to better support them, better recognize them. Hopefully in 2018, we can take more steps to recognize and highlight the achievements and efforts that they have put forth in our various communities and help build on the momentum and traction that they've started. So those are 10 highlights for me in 2017 of what I would call gender successes, but it's a short list. It's only 10 things and I'm sure I missed something. So let me know what I missed by tweeting it to at Unraveling Pink. And to close out our year, since you know I like to close every episode with a challenge, for our 2017 Unraveling Pink Challenge, I want to challenge all of us to keep the momentum of the 2017 gender successes going, to build upon those successes that we've had, to amplify their impact, and to expand them into something even greater in 2018. So I hope you'll join me in that challenge. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. I'll be back tackling gender bias with you in January. Together, we can unravel the pink bandana. 